Welcome to Red Beans and Advice, a production of Sheck Snyder Wealth Advisors. I'm Katie Hain, an account executive. I'm Jesse Duhon, a financial advisor. I'm Nolan Sheck Snyder, senior advisor and founder. And welcome back to another episode of Red Beans and Advice. We're here with you on a beautiful Monday. It's uh, where we're recording, September 12th. And we always reference what time of year football started. You might be busy with that. You might be busy with school. All of it. You might be busy looking at your investment statements and saying, wow, what a year. That's very true. (laughs) (laughs) And it has been a year. So we try to, you know, we want to do something here where you get educated on something you may have always wondered. Maybe you weren't even wondering, but now you're listening and you're going to find something out anyway. That's the power of the podcast. Today's topic, we're going to talk about dividends. Dividends. Which you've probably heard of. You might know all about, and if you do, just humorous and listen to the rest of the episode anyways. <laughs> hey, you might learn something different. Yeah, you never know, man. Invest this time. We'll keep it brief and powerful. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start this tale at the very beginning. A company, any company that has profits left over after they're paying salaries and expenses, they've got this profit, right? And even if they're a small company, they can choose to take that money They're looking at it on their balance sheet and say, what are we going to do? We're going to reinvest this and go buy equipment with it. That where, you know, technically it's not not showing up as a profit anymore. You went spending on something. Right. Or they can say, no, you know what? We'll take either me, the owner, or the several owners or the hundreds of owners of this company. And we're going to pay this profit out. And that, if did I get this right? I'm, I'm looking at the crowd. Did I generally, I'm trying to get the most basic form of like what this thing even is. And is a dividend about that, where we say there's a profit, let's spread it out to the owners. I would agree. What's Nolan think? (laughs) Generally speaking, correct. If a company is profitable, it can either choose to pay out dividends to the people who had faith in them and purchased the stock. So kind of, hey, thank you for giving me the seed capital to start running. Or they could choose to expand. So generally speaking, dividends would be paid for companies that maybe are not attempting to grow as fast. They may be more established rather than smaller startup companies. Yeah. And that makes some sense, right? Because if the principle is there's money left over, what are we going to do with it? They either take the money as a dividend or I find any of the thousand things I can do to throw it back into the company to, to achieve more growth, right? With regards to investments, we're generally talking about companies that are traded on public markets, Right. So bigger than than a mom and pop, just just sort of down the street. And since they are publicly traded, that means there's stock issued that you as an investor can go purchase. And guess what? You're some fraction of an owner at that point. That's the yeah. whole idea. That's why this word equity is is uh, interchangeable with the word stock. You become a shareholder. Yeah, You've got you've got a little piece. So all that pro- mail you receive. Mm-hmm. That's all your shareholder stuff. That's right. So proportionate to. To your ownership, that's going to be directly proportionate to your share of these dividends. And understanding that in the investment world, there's there's a few ways to divide things, but you hear you hear growth and value. Value is not a perfect opposite to the word growth, but what it means is you know we're looking for something that's been a little on sale as far as price. But when you look over there in that same area where you see value, you'll see a lot of these companies that have a big history of paying dividends. And this history is important, right? The behavior is important mm-hmm. to an investor. If a company's just paid their first dividend and it's a whopper and you're like, wow, look at that yield, but it's their very first one. 
would you just jump on and say, well, this looks certain to continue for the, the long haul. Let me go ahead and get this dividend. It's the first one, right? So you don't really know that. Tough times come and tough times go. And if a company has a history of of doing what? Of taking care of the investor, taking care of the owners in those tough times, then that plays out over a long period of time, right? You're going to look at, you know, did they always increase their dividend? Are they consistent with their dividend? Yeah, even in the tough times, do they still pay the dividend? Mm-hmm. So if they do, and you're able to sort of weed out through all the different things you could have invested in, but you were focused because you wanted to rely on that income on companies that have this sort of, you'll see words like disciplined or, you know, consistent or growing dividends, analysts will will categorize things and evaluate them with respect to that track record. They've got the good track record and they pay it. You can be a little more certain that like, look, we're going to be able to focus on some amount of income that's going to come from this portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the track rate, because of the faith we have in them paying the dividends. And to Nolan's point, if all these companies have this great discipline of paying the dividends, are they as likely to grow? Grow meaning get bigger in size and and grabbing shares of their respective market. Because there's a whole slew of companies on the other side of it that that say, well, you know, that's not really my bag, man. I'm not paying you all these dividends. I'm going to reinvest in the company. Yeah. That might make make sense why the term growth is attached to these other folks, right? Because they, you're not in there to, to catch a little profit. You're in there for what? To, to get that money back get in the bigger, company and get keep, the valuation up. Mm-hmm, like growing. Tesla. Well, Tesla, I mean, certainly is a growth company. There's plenty of growth companies that yeah. just don't have a history. That's just not their focus. That's not right. Their they're philosophy. just trying to grow up. Right. So mm-hmm. some examples of companies that are strong and continue to grow, but not at a huge or rapid rate would be maybe a company like Exxon mm-hmm. or maybe a company like Johnson and Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Nabisco. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, Nabisco makes cookies and food stuff. Unless you come out with a brand new Oreo or something, mm-hmm. it's not going to boom. So yeah. Johnson and Johnson is doing things like floor polish and baby wipes and things like that. People mm-hmm. need it. They continue to grow, but it's not a rapid growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So generally speaking, it would be a, a more established long-term company would be paying dividends, whereas a younger company that's just getting on its feet, like a Tesla, who's only been around, I think, not 20 years yet, and other companies that are technology-based, maybe things like Apple, because mm-hmm. they're always the product is always changing, they have to instead of giving the money to the shareholders, they have to keep plowing any profit back in, coming up with research and Apple thirteen, Apple fourteen, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, most people don't realize that I think Apple one or whatever the first one was called. I think it was the Apple. What, what, I don't know. What, You're talking about the computer, the Macintosh. No, phone. I was talking about the phone. Oh, the, the first was phone the was about two, it was was the about iPhone, the okay, the iPhone, which okay. was misleading because there was going to be more, right? But <laughs> re- regardless, that happened way back, I think, in like two thousand and six. Okay, I, I think you're about right, seven, six, or seven. Yeah, yeah okay. So what I'm saying is now I think they just announced fourteen. Right. Okay, so which is yeah, one. Yeah. which is pretty doggone close to to one a year. True. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. Whereas. You know, they make different flavored Oreos, but it's still the same basic Oreo. They just put something to make it taste a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the king of that. They get crazy with those Oreos. There's a lot of imitation Oreos. They just don't, I don't know, Oreo might have, it might be like Coke Secret. 
they've got the yes. real Oreo. You can tell any fake Oreo as soon as you bite it. That's kind of true. Oreos are delicious. I'll step back from that. So you get the picture. You get the difference between the philosophy of a company and the board of directors of this company. You're going to hear that. This is the any company. That's that's who's making a lot of these decisions, right? They're saying, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to what's our philosophy? It's being decided in that room, which is generally being represented by what? By how how large a share of ownership mm-hmm. is uh, representative of the company. And no specific philosophy is necessarily right or wrong. Mm-hmm. As an investor, you want to kind of latch on to the type of companies that do what you feel comfortable doing. That's right. That's right. So these trends come out and there is no right or wrong. To give you an example, this this disciplined approach to a company paying the dividend, we probably all remember oil being very, very down within the last cycle of two to three years. There, it's It was getting bad. It got a lot worse. And all of these big oil companies, for example, that had had decades of end over end growth, they were facing a really tough time for the first time in in in, in forever in a lifetime really exxon cut their 401k match but they did not cut their dividend yeah at that same time which showed you you say discipline that is discipline is what it is as i told you i was going to keep paying a dividend i'm going to keep paying this dividend and you get rewarded for that in the form of it let's i mean consider a company like that finally says you know what i actually no we're not paying a dividend this quarter well wait a minute because the profile of the company you went search to buy, you went by one that you thought, hey, there's there's a truth here that they're going to do everything they can within what's going on inside that company to reward me with a dividend for investing in them. And if they were to stop that at some point, well, now all of this calculus has changed. This long-term trend of them always paying and never missing, well, now it's different. Right. I am not on the board of directors of Exxon. <laughs> I don't know if you could tell. Like, I'm just not. But... <laughs> It's a public company. But I'm I'm inferring between the actions that were taken, that's a big step, right? That's a large company and to cut a 401k match out of a place like that. That ruffled It will some be feathers. noticed, I'm sure. And they did it and made the news. And guess what? I mean, it bounced back very strongly because the investor was not left out in the cold there. They didn't deny everyone who either had history with the company just as an investor employee. Yeah, they maintained it. So just a sign of, of stick-to-itiveness. And, and what that can do, what it, what it could represent as an opportunity. So, so now you kind of get an idea of what a dividend is. It's a profit that gets shared to you, proportionate to your, your holding of the company. And then there's a lot of things that can, that can happen. There's this idea of the dates. Like, well, okay, I've, I've got it, but then I'm not going to have it later. So there's, there's an important date that you'll hear if you, if you get a little further into it. Like, well, when am I due the dividend? If I had it and I got rid of it at a certain point, did I get the dividend for that period of time? Well, they thought of this, and there's a real specific date that's always published, and it is called, I don't know if this is the perfect word for it, it when, when you're studying it, you're like, that's the name, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's the ex-dividend date, kind of okay name, because what it means is if you have it, and you continue to have it, and you own it on the ex-dividend date, what's going to happen? You will mm. receive the dividend. You're going to get the dividend. Yeah. You're going to get it. If you didn't have it by the ex-dividend date, then you don't get the dividend. Which that. is where we get into, I don't know if it's the perfect name, but, <laughs> but yeah, for that time period, that's that, that's it. But it's real. So it's announced and you see it and you got to own whatever amount of shares you own. You have to own it on that date. And if you do, even one if day you, before by the ex dividend date, you have to own it the day before. Okay. Right. Because clear, cause you, <laughs> there's no, you don't want to get in and out because what happens is the price then gets what it gets reflected. So this, this value doesn't just go just nowhere. If they say, 
For example, if it's $60 a share for the company's stock and they say we're going to pay you $1 of dividend, right after that's announced, the price is going to go from $60 to $59. Mathematically, it's just going to like, that's what's going to happen. Presuming no volatility. Presuming none. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because because it may just make that right back up and, and whatever. But it does take into account this dollar is going out. Because you're not entitled to the money if you buy it after the ex-dividend date. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. So that's not as valuable as if you had it the day before when you were entitled to receive a dividend. There you go. But other things could happen in the market that day so that you may or may not see that it dropped. Correct. So you just okay. need to be aware that this this force is happening. This counterbalance is happening. The money's coming out and it's getting priced. So the value of it is at least that much less. Now, the market, as we've all seen, is this sort of living, breathing, always moving deal. So does it just make it back up the next day? Well, I don't know. I don't know what the next day is, is the point, right? It, there could have been optimism for any number of things, but it is factored in. And that date's important if you start focusing on oh boy, I really want something that's going Getting to pay me dividends. income, like how, how to get it in, that, that becomes important. When are they paid? Most normally quarterly is yeah. is what it's I've the seen. Common. The oh, board so. could choose to do anything. They have so, the option to do monthly, right. quarterly, annually. Right, but generally speaking, I think most, most of them that have a history of paying dividends pay them quarterly. Mm -hmm. Right. I've also seen over my career on occasion when they have a tremendously good year, rather than increasing dividends forever they just grant a extra large one let's say in the last quarter of the year mm -hmm. but they stay at what their historic percentage of dividend would have been why do you need wealth management advice because we believe in the saying that some of the best days of your life have not happened yet planning for your financial future means planning for the life you want to have and the legacy you want to leave at Sheck Snyder Wealth Advisors, we set ourselves apart by combining years of financial expertise with warmth and a sense of humor that make the planning process enjoyable. No jargon, just good advice. We place our clients' well-being ahead of any profit motive. Sheck Snyder Wealth Advisors, where we provide clear answers to life's complex questions. For more information, please call our office at 985 652 2877 to set up a consultation. So why why are we talking about this now? This well, it's we hadn't talked about it before. One of the reasons, and we'd like to be all encompassing here on Red Beans and Advice. But we have a year where there's been heightened volatility in the stock market, in the bond, or really in every market that you could think of. And inflation went from being a word that we would have to bring up when explaining people's financial plans and their income outlooks to now it's it's everywhere. Inflation's just a word on uh, in every news topic touching finance. So in inflationary times, people behaviorally, historically, have looked to dividends as a way to try to keep pace. This is not for sure what you should be doing if you're worried about inflation. I'm saying this is what people have done. People have flocked to dividends in inflationary times. And there's some good data to back it up. We've got a thing here from Investopedia, which calculated that as we always talk about the S&P 500, again, easy to sort of index a good representation of you know broad stock market behavior. And during the 40s, 70s, and 80s, 
when inflation averaged 5% or higher, the total return, total return, meaning what you got out of investing in in the S&P 500 over that time period, dividends produced 54% of that return. So over half, right? Mm -hmm. Let's take that apart. Why would that be, right? Why would it be that dividends are producing more than half your return when inflationary times are ripe? And I don't know that there's a right answer. It's more like a theoretical. What do you think was going on there? Could During be. inflationary times, most companies will make less profit. You know, kind of generally speaking, high flyer technology-based companies would maybe have a harder time than a old stable like Exxon or Nabisco or Johnson and Johnson. Mm-hmm. You're still going to wash your clothes, no matter how much it costs. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And then also, what's what's always priced into just okay if a stock price is going, it's just going up, right? Well, this is very much a forward-looking prospect in general. Anyhow, you're buying it because you think it's going to be worth more tomorrow. So you're you're being speculative in the very nature of buying any stock. And then when you take the S and P 500 as a whole, which which we have companies that pay dividends, companies that don't, super huge ones, kind of big ones, and you put them all together, and we say in these inflationary times, more of the total return came from the inflation. I mean, take that piece came by piece. Came from the dividend. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Came from the dividend, not from inflation. That did not <laughs> give you a return. Came from the dividend. That means that people were just probably not as keen on speculating on the growth during those period of time, right? They, they didn't throw money at these things that weren't paying the dividends and therefore there wasn't the optimism to continue driving up the price. So we go, like you said, there's who was profitable? Did they pay it out? The dividends, they end up making up half of the value where when you look that same set of statistics, if you take all time from 1930 to now, instead of 54%, it usually makes about 40% of return in the S&P 500. So still very significant, but that's that's a big difference, right? So you, you see more of the, the meat driving the stock market being represented by dividend paying companies when inflation is up. That's what history has told us at, at a minimum. Okay. Does it always repeat itself? Not a hundred percent, but it generally repeats itself. Yeah, yeah. What's the, the thing? The best one I've always said: history doesn't always repeat itself, but it usually rhymes. <laughs> it's, it's rhymes. Is what this? Listen, this. I think this came from an English class. It was a way to just sort of say that, like, it. It's not going to be exactly the same, but it will be very similar. You know, if if there are any lessons to to gain from history. So okay, so that's why. That's the why we're even talking about them, and that's a little knowledge. As advisors, we take all of this into consideration. This might be explained to you by your advisor in simplistic terms. Sometimes this is a long form way of explaining things where we're not, none of you are raising your hands asking us questions right now. So (laughs) we get to kind of go a little deeper. Uh, Yeah, it's a little just more in depth versus... I, I mean, obviously, you can ask your advisor to like really explain. Yeah, and then there's not there's no perfect time to to say, well, is this the great time to go all dividends or not? Because listen, every every time is a little bit unique and different. What's right. going on in this time is we've had what's happened this year, lots, right? We don't need to get into every one of them, but some of the big ones, inflation is up. The there's war. a war in Europe, and rates are increasing, increasing due to this inflation being up. So. We've had a period of time where we have a lot of movement going on. A lot of movement in bonds. This is the idea. Stocks go down. Usually, your bonds perform better. This is just usually. This is the old, the old Warsaw. Is that the right term? The old Warsaw. 
Um, <laughs> is that thing? I have no old idea. habit. The old rule like of textbook. thumb. The old yeah. rule of thumb. The old the rule, rule of thumb, thumb textbook is answer. that, hey, have some bonds. They'll be stable if your stocks are not. And what's happened this year is rates started increasing as kind of like stocks the started was. declining. So yeah. your bonds are going down and your stocks are going down. And there wasn't a whole lot of places to hide right. this year. Right? Yeah, because even cash, inflation was up. Right. If you were just in cash and then inflation's up 9% for a certain period of time. Then arguably in cash, you lost lost 9% of your buying power. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It just, they, they just didn't send you a statement you saying that. Your statement doesn't show a 9% <laughs> loss, though. So you feel like you didn't lose it. it right. Whereas all these other That's things can't help but send you a statement. Correct. Yeah, so, right. To show you everything. So it was, you know, you say, look, it, change happens fast. I'm not using this podcast as a say, oh, go. Jesse's not telling you now is the perfect time to go buy a bunch of dividends. I'm saying historically, it's a relevant topic at this point in time. You should know okay. about it. Generally speaking, one of the reasons people buy stocks that pay dividends is, although not always, but generally speaking, their stock prices don't fluctuate as great mm -hmm. as the stock prices of companies that don't pay dividends. Mm -hmm. okay. So it's most people would consider dividend-paying stocks as a more conservative investment. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they worry about when things go bad, like the current year, people tend to flock to dividends because, generally speaking, the stocks don't fluctuate in value as much. Right. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, they're more established, but, larger companies. Right. But we're, we're trying to point out that they can – as a philosophy, you can buy them also in good years. Yeah. But they are generally more appealing to more people in bad years. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and it's some of it's psychological, right? If you look at it, you're about to buy, you walk in and you say, hey, advisor, I'm about to buy a stock. I'm just going to buy one here in this example. Okay. And I'm looking at all of these stocks available. And would you look at that? This one's paying a 6% yield on their dividend. And they think, well, if all things are equal, and I go buy this one. It seems like I'm going to get 6%. And maybe it'll go up and I'll get a little more. Maybe it'll go down, but I'm still going to get that 6% payment. And guess who that works for the best? Who that idea or that mindset works for the best is someone who's getting close to to doing what? To needing the fruits off of the tree at this point in their life. They want to start taking the income. So their mm -hmm. brain shifts to, well, how's this going to happen? Now, needless to say, there's a bunch of ways to take income from a portfolio. It doesn't need to come from dividends. It doesn't need to come from a bond interest payment. But some people really like that mm -hmm. making up most of it, right? And, yeah. and and being more just dividend and income driven in their portfolio. So that person really wants to have it represented. Look, I'm about to take this much money as a percentage out of my portfolio. I'd really like to see that being paid to where it's, it's kind of even handed. I could see the portfolio earning that much income. And hey, I'm a long-term investor. I don't plan on getting rid of this for a long period of time. And that part is pretty much key to dividend investors. Why is being a long-term investor important? I think it's important personally because you buy for the dividend and you say, I'll get the 6%. Okay, fine. You will get that. And even if they have a history of always paying the 6% dividend, what can happen in the meantime? The valuation of the company and the value of the stock can do what? It can drop. It can drop. To follow the logic of why you bought this in the first place, if you were going in saying, hey, I'm comfortable with the amount of income I'm going to get for this company, you want to be able to stick with it regardless of what the statement's showing you after the fact. 
for the valuation. Yeah, because if you start getting out of it then and then trying to get cute and jump back in with it, in my own mind, I think that can that could be more damaging to the person looking for the income. Because commonly what we're going to do is what a total return. We're comfortable with how what percentage we think you're going to make. So if you just take this draw rate, if you stick to about a 4% or 4.5%, we could we'll keep an eye on it, then then you'll be in the clear. Now, what's making up that 4 or 4.5? Part of it's stuff that got paid out. Part of it's companies that grew and just the thing's worth more now so we can take a larger part out. But if people get in this mindset that they can only take what's getting kicked off as a as a dividend or a coupon payment, I'm saying that person themselves really needs to be disciplined to stick with it is my point. Mm-hmm. because by definition of how they're investing money in the first place, they're giving up a lot of capital growth. Like on the on the downside of just investing all in dividends, there's all sorts of companies that are growing, that that have grown at a much faster pace. You'd have missed out on, I mean, name a tech company that's grown in the last 20 <laughs> years. You probably wouldn't have had one of them in there is my point, right? So, right. you know, there's, there's, I'm just trying to give like a bad side of it if there is a bad side or just something to think about. Because when we start explaining these things, and in the reference of the of the episode, you start thinking, well, that's a great idea. That's maybe the only idea. Let me focus on that one idea. There's a reason why not all money is just always all in dividend paying companies. There's, there's growth potential that that if a company's paying out a large portion of their profits that are very disciplined to it, clearly they're, they don't have all the money, like Nolan said, to go find new technologies or purchase their adversaries or yeah they're just happy like where they're at they're stabilized so Mm -hmm. it's we are okay with paying those profits and and to be clear we're not saying if you buy a dividend company you cannot lose money we're also not saying that they cannot cut dividends yeah the type of company that will pay dividends is a, a larger more stable company and if that is important to you because of your time in life then you should consider it. Mm -hmm. You have risk in all stocks. I'll give you a perfect example of the perfect storm wrong in a dividend-paying stock. A number of years back, there was a dividend-paying oil company, BP, that was paying about a 8% dividend. They had a little bit of an oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Y'all might have heard of it. A little bit. And they canceled all the dividends. And because of the oil spill, it lost about half of its principal value and the dividends were gone too. So now if you stuck with it for 10 years, it has come back up in value and now they're paying dividends. But that would have been a long haul to hold on to it. Mm -hmm. The point I'm trying to make is each individual stock, we're talking about individual stocks right now, not mutual funds, has a different degree of risk than if you bought a mutual fund. You can buy mutual funds that hold dividend-paying only stocks, or you can buy some that buy growth non-dividend-paying stocks. Mm-hmm. This is just a, another arrow in the advisor's quiver. You should not put all your eggs in one basket. You should diversify. So I just want to make sure we're kind of giving yeah. a balanced report <laughs> because everything we've said so far kind of sounds like Hey, that sounds pretty good. Sounds like we can't lose. Sign you, me up. You know, sign me up. So yeah. nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. Generally speaking, the types of companies that pay dividends are generally long established companies with a track record. I'm not going to say that they're out of innovative ideas, but they... They're at know, the top of their class. They're at the top of their class. Like, you know, maybe like y'all might have heard of Coca-Cola. 
Yeah. You know, right. uh, General Electric. AT&T. You know, mm-hmm. you know yeah. so what I'm saying is the type of person who wants to buy a dividend paying stock is somebody who is not trying to generally double their yeah, asset like, value. Mm-hmm. What they're trying to do is preserve what they have and get some in- income off of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is the type of investment you consider if, if that's important to you. Okay. So yeah. And then, and, and we give you a pretty good glimpse there. We gave you a little bit of the downside. We've talked a lot about, you know, the upside, like why you might consider a dividend paying company. Nolan touched on mutual funds and many, many of you out there, the way you would actually interact with this might not be in owning an individual stock that pays a dividend. It might be owning a mutual fund that, like I said, if you're buying just a a mutual fund that, that even without a narrow focus, if it's just investing in the S&P 500, those dividends play a huge role in what's going to happen to your total return in that investment. Many of them are very pointed. You'll see mutual funds that even in their title say disciplined rising dividend fund or, you know, dividend. They'll put the word in there to sort of let you know this is what we're looking for. And the fund itself has a has a track record and a formula for which companies are going to be in there and all of this. There's certainly some differences as Nolan can we could probably do another probably really boring one hour episode on on the difference of the taxes on them. Oh god. But there are some differences. Yeah, Nolan, you got notice the way he said Nolan could do a boring <laughs> he start, one hour listen, presentation. Not listen. not we Tax as a group. Man. Not we as a group. Just throw Nolan under We're the bus. That there'd there'd be time. Nolan and there'd be some snoring. And then by the end of it, we'd have no more subscribers. <laughs> but maybe but you'd be, understand it, whoever listened. Maybe it could be a relaxation uh, <laughs> podcast. Put your right to sleep within two minutes. That's our next market. Just the like the sleep therapy one. There'll be the ocean sounds. There'll be the forest. And there'll be Nolan Taxes. explaining mutual funds that play dividends. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you might learn. Like, you know, like people can absorb this stuff could, through yeah. their sleep. You this might could, just wake up and be like, I need to become a CPA. This could be a new profit center for Taxes us if we focus in on it. Go ahead, Nolan. Let's try it. <laughs> no. All right. So two sentence difference between a mutual fund paying dividends and just a stock paying dividends. What in general small difference do we have here? Mutual funds are required to pay out about, I think it's 85, 90% of their earnings in dividends in a year. Mm-hmm. Essentially, virtually all of their profits they have to pay out. Individual stocks do not. Right. And then I do know this, that the complication comes from the difference in a mutual fund. You got to think of it on the level of the fund, man. There's only so much money in this. And if it's a bad year, what do people do? Not that they should, but people do what? They sell investments in a bad year. And some of those holdings, these guys might have been having it for a long time. And to you, it might feel like a loss. But to the fund, the stuff they had to sell to create the cash... Man, they might have a big gain in there somewhere. So you could run into a year, right? Where right. you could you could ha- lose principal mm-hmm. and have capital gains, dividends in mutual funds. Yeah, because as a mutual fund holder, you are pro rata owner of everything. Yeah, so it gets passed on to you. So, so that, that though that may seem like the same thing as a as a dividend, you start seeing well, this mutual funds paying a dividend. Well, it's a little different in how it's calculated. Actually, a lot different, but. We're just letting you know that might confuse you a little bit. That's kind of okay. Even that's not something that the, the normal investor is getting so far into. And listen, if it's in an IRA or a tax deferred account in the first place, does this matter? It does not matter to you then. It matters to you if it's not in a tax sheltered account, right? Because that's when it gets passed on to you. So we know there's a mutual fund difference. We understand what a dividend is. 
We know that the dates are very important. And we realize that there's a historical precedent for them being sort of very popular in this time. So look out for them. Do ask any questions to us that you may have, you know, around dividends. We get questions regarding everything. It's certainly a, a timely one. Anything else from the group here? In no way are we recommending any of the companies that we talked about as a buy or sell. That's right. right. And I think they were just used as examples. They were used as examples. It's just, yeah, it's all examples, guys. We just want want you to be able to grab onto something and understand it. So, And we tried to pick names of companies you might have heard of. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What is Coke, by the way? Never heard it. What is that? You drink that? <laughs> I think it's like a brown sugary liquid. Yeah. Is it secretive? What's their deal? <laughs> <laughs> so... So anyways, we're going to sign off here. Enjoy your fall. Stay in touch with us. Hit subscribe. Share with your friends. We'll be seeing you next time. Thanks. Later. What's up? How am I doing? (laughs) Sounds great here. That's going to be the intro. What's up? That's all I'm going to take out. (laughs) Let's ride. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, or if you would like to connect with us, visit Shexwealth.com. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Securities offered through Satara Financial Specialist, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Satara Investment Advisors, LLC. Satara entities are under separate ownership from any other named entity. Our offices are located at 330 Belterre Boulevard, Suite 201 Laplace, Louisiana 70068 and 4137 South Sherwood Forest Boulevard, Suite 240 Baton Rouge, Louisiana 70816.